Hello and welcome to I Can't Believe It's Not the Mouse, the podcast all about animated features not made by Disney. I'm your host, Octaviano Macias, and this is an episode that I didn't think I was going to make, at least not at this point. I wasn't really planning to do Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, but I had some extra time and I figured, you know what? Might as well get get it out of the way. If I want to revisit this episode somewhere down the line, maybe add on a guest, you know, have more uh, varying opinions since this is such a recent release. And it is, of just to be upfront, a very good movie with a lot going for it. I'll be more than welcome to revisit it. But yeah, this was one that I mainly did not want to do just because one, I wanted to take a break for a little bit on, on uh, this time period. And two, I wanted to focus on stuff that is, you know, older, especially with the previous episodes having been, you know, more recent stuff. But you know what? I got time now. I might as well do it. Um, for those watching the video on it, I don't know if the, vi- if the lighting looks weird to you. I hope this is a good, good, good format. I'm always trying to figure out what's good lighting uh, for this. Um, this, I think, might be nice. It's a little purple on my face, but, you know, I, I, I feel like at, at least it's better than being, you know, more red or more yellow or, I don't know, more consumed by the light. I, I think this is a decent enough one. I don't know if you guys, you know, have some suggestions on the lighting, you know, by all means, you know, hit me up down below. Uh, in any case, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Really good animated movie. It's, as of this recording, not yet on Netflix. I saw this at on theaters because they have it in some places. I looked out and there was one close by me. Yeah, this is a really nice movie. Pinocchio, it's a subject we've even done in this podcast before. We did the Russian bootleg Pinocchio movie, you know, the one with the, that was memed with, um, shoot, I'm blanking out of his name, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. The one that a lot of people consider to be like the fruity Pinocchio or whatever. This is the complete opposite. Whereas that one is easily the worst animated movie I've seen of 2022. This is the best animated movie I've seen of 2022. It's just a wonderful little feature that is made by, of course, a director that is known by a lot of people to be great. Uh, Gabriel Toro, one of my favorite modern directors, wh- whether it's like Pacific Rim, The Shape of Water, Nightmare Alley, he's always making great movies. And even when he doesn't make um, movies that are as good as some of his other ones, I wasn't a big fan of um, Crimson Peak. That still had a lot of beauty going into it. The acting was good. And it's to a point where I'm like, you know, someday I got to revisit it. Maybe I was in a bad mood when I saw it. Maybe I'll enjoy it more. But, you know, that that just shows you how strong of a director um, Guillermo del Toro is. Because even when his efforts are not as good, I still kind of feel like, oh, you know, he did some really good stuff in it regardless. Maybe it, it deserves another chance. Always a good sign when you feel like that. In this movie's case, most of us know what Pinocchio is. We've all seen the Disney version, or at least, or at least know the Disney version. And yeah, this version follows some of the stuff that we know from the Disney version as well. I know it's got the giant monster, well beast thing. You got the wooden boy. He has to prove that he's a good boy. You got the cricket. You got the guy with the show, and you know, in this one, he plays a bigger part. And also different in this version is that they decided, like, okay, well, this is a story that came from Italy, so let's add in 
fascism. Yeah, this takes place in World War II, so you got a lot of that, you know, Italian fascism on the rise stuff. You got Mussolini in the movie. It provides for some funny stuff, especially when you get people who might not be aware of it reacting to it. But yeah, it is a really good take on the story of Pinocchio, even though, for me, the Disney one will always have a place in my heart. I'm not going to pretend that I don't love the Disney version. This one is probably better. It's much more emotional for me. Uh, the story was a lot better in, in the way it connected to each other. Not that it needed to be, you know, that, that, that connected, but the fact that they tried to connect it a little bit more instead of having like separate segments in a way. I don't know. It, it, it really hit me hard and it's definitely one that I'll be revisiting soon, especially once it's on Netflix. I mean, by the time you guys see this video, I might have already seen it multiple times and probably found new things to say about it. But for now, yeah, trust me, this is a really special movie. It'd be wrong to say that this doesn't do anything different from other versions. Like I said, there's the whole fascism thing. But of course, it does have its familiar beats. If you've seen any Pinocchio story, you'll automatically pick up like, okay, this is where this has to happen. This is where that has to happen. But what makes it refreshing is just seeing how it all relates to its theme, which is about fathers and sons loving someone for who they are instead of what you want them to be in this case this is one of the few versions that i've seen at least for pinocchio where they actually acknowledge that geppetto did have a son before pinocchio and spoiler he lost the kid out during the war because a bomb was dropped while they were working at the church and the kid was right there when the bomb went off this pretty much ruins geppetto's life he becomes an alcoholic town you know is sad for him but at the same time just doesn't care for him anymore because they were like oh you know he was such a good dad but after the son died he's become this disgraceful figure which that in and of itself is very sad because it's like you know the man lost a kid and i don't know if anyone in this town ever tried reaching out to him you know but that doesn't really matter and as a result he at one point um is crying while drunk at the grave of his son and that's when jiminy cricket or in dispersion as he's known as sebastian j cricket comes in he's played by Ewan mcgregor and it's very noticeable but he's very fun in the role so it's not something i have any issues with he basically goes in the tree that was planted right next to pinocchio's grave and pretty much saddened by the story by what he's seeing but he's like you know that's sad but that's his own thing and it turns out that some spirits nearby were watching this as it was going on as at the same time as he was uh, looking at it the spirits come together form what we know as the blue angel and this it's a completely different spirit it's a similar idea but it, it's a completely different spirit out of mercy and because she feels sympathy for geppetto she brings Pinocchio to life because Geppetto out of his drunken anger cuts out the tree and you know makes the wooden wooden body of Pinocchio while you have Sebastian Cricket just being like look this is my home what are, what are you doing with this which is why he gets involved with this because the, the spirit basically says like look Pinocchio here is gonna need someone to guide him and someone to teach him right from wrong um help him along the way since you lived in this wood and you're arguing with me, you can be the heart of, of, of Pinocchio. Like, essentially, it's the whole conscious thing, but in this in this case, they refer to him as, like, Pinocchio's heart. Sebastian takes it on just because he's promised that he would get one wish if he were to do a good job. He tries taking care of the boy. One of the things that I really love about this whole thing, like, you know, going into how Geppetto makes Pinocchio the, the, the spirit 
bringing Pinocchio to life, and then Geppetto first meeting um, Pinocchio, is that it's done more like a horror movie than it is as, like, some cute little feature. Like, you know, like, if you've seen the Disney version, it's, like, this cute, whimsical thing. And here it's done more like a horror movie, so that's kind of fun. And, of course, people are freaked out by this because Pinocchio comes into the church the next day with Geppetto. Geppetto told him not to, but he still comes in. And the town thinks of him as some kind of demon, devil, whatever. Um, the priest is, of course, even mad because he's like, oh, you brought in this possessed um, puppet or whatever, and you never even finished the, the Christ that we had right here just because your boy died. You know, what the hell? And Geppetto's automatically told, like, okay, so if you want to, you know, keep the puppet, you know, as your kid, you got to make sure that he obeys you, so send him to school. There's another character that is original to this where it's basically like a, a soldier very much like like in this version he's supposed to be like uh the father of the Lampwick character who here is called Candlewick. Uh I don't know if that's different from the book or if that's the actual name from the book or what's the deal with that, but point is that it's supposed to be like the Lampwick character from from the story. And and the father here, of course, with it being World War Two, is a fascist. The first time you see him greet Geppetto officially, he puts up his hand. Just to be clear, fascism is bad. Fuck you if you like fascism. He, the, the the soldier pretty much has interest in Pinocchio because he's like, oh, this wooden boy who probably doesn't feel any kind of pain, he could make a great soldier for, for Italy. And along the way, of course, you get the, the guy who's in charge of the circus or, you know, like the Stromboli-like character, but in this version is uh, Count Volpe. Again, I don't know if that's the original one in the story or if that's just the one, uh, one that he created for this version of the of the story i don't know i've never read the original story in this case it's a very good antagonist like not the character's not good he's an asshole um but what i'm saying is that it's it's a very fun uh villain character uh he's played by christoph waltz he's just this abusive owner like he's got this little monkey called spazitora who at first we think is just like the evil sidekick but along the way we realize like okay so he you know spazitora is also being abused funny enough you might be surprised by who voices spazitora but i'll leave that for you to find out pinocchio of course does the whole thing where it's like he's trying to go to school but this guy finds him tells him Forget about school, you'll be famous, you'll be rich. Come over to the circus, you know, we'll do the whole Got No Strings show. But, you know, of course, it's an original song, not the Disney one. Sebastian Cricket tries to convince him, like, hey, go back to school. Fails to do so. Geppetto gets mad about it. He gets into an argument with um, Count Volpe. And this is the part where, look, there was already stuff that was different about this version. But for me, this is the part that threw me completely off. Pinocchio gets run over... And you actually see him go down to the underworld, like he's dead. Where are they going with this? Like, you know, not that it, I, I'm I'm not liking it. I'm loving it, but I'm like, this is so far off from any version that I've ever seen of this story. Even the ones that are looser adaptations, like Astro Boy or whatever. What exactly are they doing with this um, version? And it's like, okay, so it turns out that in this version, he cannot die because uh, he was brought back to life. He's sharing a soul with Geppetto's previous son. Basically, like, the, the person in charge of the underworld, who is the, like, the, the sister of the, of the, the spirit, is basically like, look, there's a whole bunch of rules on this. You cannot, you know, break them. Every time you come back, you will have to wait a little bit longer to go back to the to to the living world but you will never officially die basically you'll just keep going and going and that's 
that's your entire life. You know, you'll see people die. You're you're with me till the rest of time. Whatever. Dark and interesting. And when you see him in the in the afterlife, you always see these rabbits that carry bodies like and pretty much like they're they're carrying like like the caskets with the bodies in them to the afterlife. And whenever you're relaxing, you're just playing cards. And it's all very funny. I mean, it's Tim Blake Nelson, who's the voice of the rabbits. And I didn't realize that at first watching it in the movie. It was until I saw the credits. I was like, oh, that's who that, that was. That's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, it, it's just a, a really nice curveball for this movie, which further adds to the fascist element where the, the soldier guy is pretty much like, yes, he'll never die. So he's the perfect soldier for us, which gives you an idea of where this movie might go later on. I don't know. I, and I don't know if I want to go through the whole movie, but pretty much, you know, you get the stuff at the circus. You eventually get Pinocchio in, in the, like the, the boot camps. And eventually you get Monstro. Um, like I said, it's following the familiar beats, but it does it so in, in a way where it's more connected. Pinocchio in this version is much more of a brat compared to um, the Disney one. Like, he's definitely an innocent child, but because he's so new to all this stuff and is able to do all these things, he's quick to just be all like, oh, I want to do this. I want to break the rules, blah, blah, blah. And it makes for a very interesting take on this because you never really see uh, Pinocchio being this much of an asshole in a lot of these movies, uh, even though it's widely known that in the original book, uh, he was much more of a jerk. To a point that there's almost a running gag in this that I kind of feel like was them kind of nodding at the book because if, if you've ever, you know, known anything about the original source material in this in the original story uh the cricket is automatically killed by pinocchio like he's like yeah you may say whatever i don't give a shit smashes him in this one sebastian cricket is throughout the entire movie but he's constantly getting smashed to a point that it's kind of like i have to wonder if that's maybe a a, a gag on on the original story. I don't know if it is. Uh, if if it wasn't uh, the intention, that's a real surprise. But if it is, yeah, I I could kind of see it. But yeah, overall, really good movie. A lot of it does go into like the emotions of what it means to be a father because Geppetto is constantly trying to make Pinocchio be like his original son, even though Pinocchio is like, look, I'm not him. Like, yeah, I may have been born from his soul or you know what you wanted but i'm technically a different person right down to my name my appearance everything you can't really treat me the same way like you have to let me be me and the movie plays around with that because you, you of course got the soldier who has his own son candlewick um who wants him to be like the perfect soldier and then you got the count of uh, volpe character who may not be a father but he's you know clearly abusive towards you know those that he's supposed to take care of like the the monkey spazzatora and it, it all works together in a way that just hit too hard i i'm not gonna lie i was crying throughout this movie by the end of it i was pretty much in tears even though it, it is a fairly happy ending but it is acknowledging ab about life and death and it's something where it's like yeah this is one of those animated features because this is still technically a family feature at the end of the day where it isn't afraid to treat your kids like adults it isn't afraid to just say look this is how things are you're gonna have to accept that there are some harsh moments in life that your kids cannot avoid a and it all makes for some really great stuff i don't know 
if I'd ever necessarily say that this is going to be a big hit with kids, because who knows? I would still say that if you're a parent and if you love animated features, watch it, especially with your kids. Even if you don't, give it a shot. You know, a, a lot of kids are able to handle more than what we think they can handle. I grew up watching a lot of stuff that was a lot darker for me than really what it was supposed to be um, age appropriate for me. And it ended up being that I loved a lot of it. Some of it I didn't even really understand until I was older and I still loved it as a kid. Love it much more as an adult. If you look at a lot of those old Don Bluth movies, a lot of them are very dark. Like even something like All Dogs Go to Heaven, which sounds like a cute little family movie, features scenes that are like these, this is intense. That was one where they did kind of dumb down at the time to make it more family friendly. So if that could get away with doing a lot of dark stuff and I was perfectly fine, let your kids watch this. You know, even if you might think that fascism is too much for them to understand or the concept of life and death is too much, you never know. It, it might just spark something in them. At the very least, it'll spark some creativity in them. Just give it a shot. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's not my favorite movie of the year. That still goes to everything everywhere all at once. But in terms of animation, it's definitely my favorite. I hope this has Oscar potential in terms of not only winning Best Animated Film, but I would honestly be much more happier if it gets nominated and wins Best Picture. Even though it's not even my favorite animated, I mean, my favorite movie of the year. I, I just want this to break that mold because it's like, look, it's been a long time coming. We got to have an animated film win Best Picture. And I know at the end of the day, the Oscars don't really matter. But at the same time, they do kind of shape what movies get made in the studio, uh, what movies studios want to make. And who knows, maybe if one would win that, it would finally throw down the gauntlet and just be like, see, there you go. Animation can be more than just the thing that you put for your kids to shut up. It probably won't, but you never know. It, it might. It would be nice to see it happen anyways. While there's been various animated films that I think could have made that historical moment, this is another one. This is one that I think definitely should get Best Picture. At the very least, a nomination, but I would much rather it win Best Picture. Even if I enjoyed Everything Everywhere all at once even more, and I, in terms of enjoyment, I would rather that one win. In terms of just how much I love this movie and I love what it could bring from that perspective, I would want this to be the one that breaks um breaks that mold you know how often do we get the chance to see an animated film reach that height not very often it's definitely one where i'm like we gotta do it it's gotta happen this is an amazing little feature yeah it, it totally deserves them i mean you know whether it's the animation which is done by shadow machine they're the guys who you know for most people don't know them as like the adult swim guys like robot chicken the shivering truth a bunch of animated shows that they've done that most people have probably either overlooked or considered to be pretty stupid. I think some of them are fine. They know, I know that a lot of that stuff is kind of hit or miss, but they're, they're putting in all stops, you know, like they're, they're putting in all the effort they can into this movie because the animation is gorgeous. The voice acting incredible. The story just the best version I've seen of this, um, this story i've seen a lot of pinocchio stories a lot of them are not very good disney one like i said still holds a place in my heart but this is the one where i'm like you know what this is amazing this is special i i want this to be 
recognized for w- how great it is. It, it is the first Pinocchio adaptation I've seen since the Disney one that I'm like, this is a, pretty much a masterpiece. And honestly, it's even better than the Disney one. Yeah, go watch it. I will, I'm glad that I got, got the chance to see it on a big screen. I hope more people do, but I know with it being a Netflix thing, it won't be. But at the very least, with it being on Netflix, a lot of you have that option to watch it. Get to it. It's easily the best animated movie of 2022. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's just all around special. So with that, I just want to say thank you for listening. This has been Octaviano Macias. And I hope to see you again next time. Papa! Enough of this nonsense. Thank you for coming on today. If you enjoyed this, please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel where you'll see video versions of these podcasts. And if you just want to listen to them, there's always the option of just following the podcast on their various sites, whether it's Spotify, Podbean, or Apple Podcasts. Whatever you choose, I hope you continue enjoying these. And if you want to support me even further than that, there's always the option of Patreon. With Patreon, even just a dollar will get your name on the video versions of this and on other videos that I may do outside of these podcasts. A few dollars more gets you some behind the scenes info. And as this continues to grow, you'll find that there's more perks to it. So I hope you consider supporting me through Patreon as well. And in any case, again, thank you for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day.